Hello, and welcome to Podcast Sans End. My name is Matt, and this is the show where I want to start a clothing line, but don't know how, so I call people who do today on the phone. We've got Rob, owner, creator, operator of August, a super dope streetwear shop in downtown Madison, Wisconsin. I live and work in Madison. Uh, I've been. It's an amazing place, and Rob is an amazing guy with so much to share. Uh, so let's jump right into it. Episode 21, let's do it. Hey Rob, how's it going, man? Hey, dude, how are you? Good, how are you? Good, good, good. <laughs> well, Rob, dude, thank you so much for being on Podcast Sans End. No problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I appreciate it. So, uh, I actually discovered you on Instagram. It was like Madison Magazine or Wisconsin State Journal, maybe. Um, and they posted about this new streetwear shop on State Street. And I was super pumped because I was just starting with my idea to... Uh, kind of begin creating this brand. Um, and uh, I was super hyped when y'all opened and I got to go in. And uh, it, it's a really cool place uh, in Madison, Wisconsin, for those listening. Um, but can you, the, the article kind of talked about um, a bit about your story, but I was curious to hear from you. How, how did you get into fashion? Um, how was that taking you to this point? Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. I mean, I'd like to like tell you this like super like tied together story that's really cohesive about how I was a little kid and I was always into like, you know, fashion. I'm a big dork about it and all that type of stuff. I yeah. mean, the truth is, like I really didn't get into it till later in life. I mean, you know, sure, my mom might tell you a different story that I was a really particular kid and my outfits had to look a certain way or whatever. Mm. But, um, you know, we'll save that for another, for another podcast, <laughs> but, um, I didn't, um, you know, I didn't really get into it until later on in life in terms of like pursuing as a career, um, after I graduated, um, with, uh, my master's in business management, I became really close friends with, a with, a with another young man whose family owned factories in Egypt and they were apparel manufacturing factories for ready-made garments, predominantly shirts and accessories and things like that. Mm. Um, him and I just clicked and, um, you know, he, we, we actually started a conversation about trying to go in as business partners to open up a boutique in Geneva, Switzerland, where I was going to school, where I was living at the time. Um, his family owns boutiques also in Alexandria, Egypt and in Cairo. And, um, you know, while that didn't pan out, it, it, it opened up a conversation, about potentially having me to come work for his family. Mm. So, um, so what they needed at that time was an agent. They needed somebody who was going to come to America and find American brands to have their, um, mainly shirts manufactured at their factories in Egypt. So, um, you know, I was, uh, you know, extremely, uh, I don't know, underqualified for that job. (laughs) to me. Um, but sometimes, you know, having like, you know, ignorance about, you know, uh, you know, let's say like what a job role might be kind of like takes those like roadblocks out of your way. Those things that like, you know, you know, more educated person might be like, Oh yeah, you can't do that. Right. 
you know, whereas I didn't know. So I was just like, yeah, I'm going to crush it. I'm going to (laughs) move to New York and I'm going to be the best agent and I'm going to get like, you know, I'm going to get Ralph Lauren and Polo Gap, you name it. You know, I'm going to figure out a way. And yeah, I didn't, I didn't land like any of those accounts. (laughs) I I barely squeaked by for the year and a half that I was working with them trying to figure it out. Mm. Um, But uh, if I take a few steps back, so after him and I decided that we were going to work together, I accepted a job with them. Um, I moved to Egypt for about three months in Alexandria, just like learning how shirts are made, the whole manufacturing process, you know, the warp, the weft, you know, that's how like, uh, you know, fabric is constructed and, you know, one ply versus two ply versus three ply cotton and Mm. why Egyptian cotton is better than, you know, I don't know, Turkish cotton or whatever. Um, you know, what a plaquette is, all the different names of the collars and the cuffs and buttons and all these types of things. Mm. So, um, after that, like I said, I moved to New York and, um, you know, I found some like up and coming, you know, brands that were like, you know, could basically, so when you're going to like a, a larger manufacturing facility, let's say like in China, right? That's the one everyone knows where like most of our stuff is made. Yeah. You know, a lot of those factories, at least then, you know, and still now have these like large minimums. Like you can't even have a conversation with these factories until you're going to hit these like, you know, I'm going to do 20,000 pieces. Right. Right. Of a specific, you know, garment. So a lot of these like smaller brands, they can't hit those minimums. So they end up going to these smaller factories outside of like, you know, China or some of these other major countries where a lot of apparel is made. Yeah. Um, so I, that's, that's kind of where I found my little niche. Um, but it wasn't really after a year and a half. I mean, it's not enough to like justify the money they were paying me. Right. And we like, am, we amicably, you know, parted ways and, you know, him and I are still friends to this day and we keep in touch on WhatsApp and stuff. Yeah. And like, you know, every, everything was cool. So, but that's kind of what got my foot in the door, got me to New York and, you know, got me some exposure to like one element of the industry. Mm. And then, you know, fast forward seven years was, that's how long I was in New York. I worked in, you know, a few different roles, um, as it relates to the fashion industry, but primarily in wholesale and brand management. Mm. So that's really where I, you know, cut my teeth was in, you know, learning how to become a sales rep, seeing how brands are built yeah, um, and what it takes, you know, to, to, to either get a brand off the ground or to take an older brand that needs to get like some life pump back into it. Yeah. Um, you know, we did, we did a lot of that type of stuff. Um, so again, that's kind of where I got my, you know, I guess PhD. So to, so to say, yeah. you know, um, you know, was just doing the hands-on in, you know, going and figuring it out and doing it. Um, so, so that's kind of how, you know, long story short, that's kind of how I got, got involved in the industry. That's way cool. What, after being, you know, in Egypt and then in New York where, you know, fashion kind of thrives, what made you, you still had that inkling, I guess, to start a boutique Obviously, what what made you say? Well, let's bring that back. Did you were, did you grow up in Wisconsin? Is that true? Yeah, it is. I'm actually from Madison, Wisconsin. So I went to like Midvale. I went to Van Heist, what they call it, Velma Hamilton. Now I went to West High School, and then I went to UW Madison. Yeah, born and raised. Yeah. So what made you so, come back and start 
here or not start, but start August here. Yeah. 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 So, so what, what any good sales rep is needs to do, whether you're living in New York or LA or Chicago or, you know, any of the major markets, you're going to get on the, you're going to get in your car and you're going to pack up your sample bag and Mm -hmm. you're going to go on the road. And you might go for a week, you might go for two weeks, you might go for three weeks, you might go for four. <laughs> wow. Um, and, you know, it just depends on like how much ground you need to cover to get to go and get your orders and visit your accounts and do your market research. Mm. So, you know, that all that windshield time combined over, you know, you know, seven years of living in New York and traveling the country, right. whether it be on the East Coast or the Midwest and even the West Coast, I had brands where I was the national sales rep. So I'd be, you know, seeing appointments in New York and I'd be seeing appointments in Los Angeles. So, um, and every, and then everything in between. So as you're going through these, sure, you're going to hit the big cities. You're going to hit New York. You're going to hit LA. You're going to hit Chicago and DC and Philly and Miami, um, and Chicago, but you're also going to hit Columbus, Ohio. Yeah and Raleigh, North Carolina, and, you know, Lexington, Kentucky, and, you know, all these kind of like smaller secondary cities as well. Yeah. A lot of these smaller cities have, you know, either they have some industry surrounding them. If you take Columbus as a great example, um, or even Lexington, um, or Cincinnati. Um, and they also have these college towns. Yeah. So, it's, it's, it's more manageable. It's something that there's not a lot, like if you can find a small city like that, that doesn't have a lot of competition around, maybe some mall, mall accounts, like a, if you're talking sneakers, maybe like a Foot Locker or something, if you're yeah. talking apparel, maybe Urban Outfitters, right? But like all those big cities are spoken for in more ways than one. I mean, they're just, they're totally oversaturated. So unless you've got some big, you know, unless you got an angel investor, an angel investor, or some type of like mm. huge cash injection, or some type of celebrity endorsement, or something. Yeah. I mean, there's no, you know, it'd be next to impossible. There's a group of you all putting your money together. I don't know, but like, you know, going to just decide you're going to open up a shop in New York. Right. You know, I mean, you got to have more than just a good idea. Yeah. You know, whereas a good idea can go a long way in a smaller secondary city that is totally underrepresented from a retail landscape. So, so seeing all that, I've been keeping an eye on Madison. I'm like, man, I'm seeing so much in Madison and what I'm seeing in some of these other cities where I now became friends with some of these store owners and entrepreneurs in these smaller cities that like were doing well and they were getting cool brands and they were doing interesting things in their town and really becoming like the voice of youth culture in their cities mm. and they're able to do it because there's no one else there really making the noise. So right. they kind of took it upon themselves to, to seize the opportunity. So, but I, but I wasn't living here, you know, first it was New York and I was outside Detroit for four years. But, um, I think really what happened was, is that I, I just, I kind of hit like a ceiling, I think with what I, what I realized I could do within my current position. Yeah. As a job with my job as like a, as an account manager. Mm. And I worked for a boutique agency that was great. But I also worked a corporate job too, working for Puma. And then I worked for a boutique agency that represented Under Armour. We were 
hired by Under Armour to help them round out their lifestyle division nice. um, a few years back. So I kinda had to, I've had several years exposure into the corporate world too. And when I kind of realized that like there's a limit with where I can go in from working with a boutique agency and the corporate gig is not really what I thought it would be or I don't really fit into it, mm. it kind of made me say to myself, well, shit, what am I going to do? Right. So that's when, you know, I had this idea for opening up a shop in Madison um, for a few years before I actually executed it. And I think that's ultimately what made me say, I'm going to go, I'm going to do this. Yeah. You know, I've got all, I've got the tools necessary. You know, I've done several different jobs within this industry. I've got like a lot of industry connections in terms of like being able to call people, get brands. I know what brands are going to want to see yep. from like, uh, an aesthetic, you know, and also from like your essence, right? Like your ethos, like what you need to be doing outside of just selling sneakers and clothes. Right. So I kind of had like a loose blueprint, so to say. So I figured, you know, if, if anyone is positioned to do this here in Madison, you know, yeah, it's me. Yeah. Was that, so, yeah. Was that time in between, you said it took you a few years to kind of execute. Was that uh, convincing yourself like this is the thing to do uh, and just making that move? No, no, it wasn't really convincing. It was more just like I had just started um, working back up with a, with a company that I'd worked for in New York in the past. Mm. Um, it's called the, Found, the Foundation. And um, I had parted ways with them after I moved New York, moved from New York to the Detroit area. Um, where I was an apparel buyer for a couple of years. Um, and then, but I stayed in touch with them. I mean, one of, one of the, I mean, all four owners I consider to be friends, but um, one specifically I became really close friends with and um, him and I just were in constant, constant contact and always catching up. Yep. Not, not even just about, it's about lifestyle, it's a friend. So, but him and I worked really well together. And, um, you know, there was an opportunity that came about for him to offer me a job back, right. Be able to still work for the foundation, but live in the Midwest. Oh, cool. So yeah. And I had a great relationship with them. Love working for this guy. His name is Ari. And, um, so when that opportunity came up, um, yeah, I, so it was more like I kind of had the idea, but then this opportunity to like represent Under Armour with this big lifestyle division and help them carve out this whole new, you know, product category. It was yeah. just very interesting to me. And I, and I was just like, I got to give that a shot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess like it's, the timing wasn't right. You know, I had another, I mean, let's get, I mean, listen, for, for all the things that are like terrible about working for a corporate company, you know, the money is still pretty good. Mm. It's consistent and provided, you know, you're like, you know, a company type person, you know, a corporate person. I mean, dude, you can stay in that job for, I mean, as long as it takes for you before you get fired or you quit, yeah. you know, so th there's a lot of stability there. So there's still an attractive position, but ultimately, you know, I didn't feel like it was a right, the right fit for me. Yeah. So we gave that a shot. And then when that kind of like came to an end, you know, I decided, you know, I gotta, I gotta, Jump on I it. gotta go for this. Well, I, I made that decision first. I, I resigned from my job. Okay. Cause I said, I'm opening up the shop. Right. And you know, Ari was just like, damn, <laughs> I can't be mad. I can't be mad at it. <laughs> right. Respect. He's an entrepreneur. Yeah, exactly. Salute. Like whatever you need, like I got you. 
Yeah. So you know, I hate to see you go, but like, I know you got to do what you got to do. So like fucking crush it. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> that's a good way to leave too. Yeah. Easily. And dude, I, like I talked to him every, like we're still like, that's like my dude. Right. You know, like, yeah. Like no, no love lost at all. Yeah. That's awesome. So how, how has it been since you kind of left the stability of the corporate world and now you've started a shop and it's, yeah. it's you and you know, yeah. you don't, you can't fall back necessarily on uh, your boss cause you're the boss now. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's scary, man. It's uh, you know, you know, you know, my wife and I have, you know, a lot of, a lot of budget balancing and, you mm. know, making sure that we can like still, you know, live off of like, you know, one income for a little while and, you know, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough pill to swallow when, you know, when you've been like making money mm. for your whole professional career to like, you know, damn, like <laughs> we just had a tough month. Like I lost money last month, you yeah. know, like, you know, even from a point of pride, like it's still like, it sucks, man. Yeah. But, um, you know, and I'm just not one of these type of people, unfor- you know, unfortunately for myself, for myself, who's not, who's just going to sit back and be like, ah, well, right. You're one. People always lose money. You're one. Like, you know, you know, I, I don't, I just, I can't, I don't look at it like that. Like, uh, and maybe I should honestly, and not like be so, I don't know, hard on, hard on myself or mm. like, but like, I, I can't like accept that as like, that, that's just not like an acceptable. Yeah. No, it's, it's like, okay, I get it. But like, all right, like where, where did I make errors this last month? Like, let me go back. Let me look at every single cent that I spent. Right. Like where did much, where did I spend money on things that like I didn't, you know, mm. or that I didn't need, that I didn't need to, or that like I ended up, maybe I could have dialed this back. So it's always like a constant you're just kind of putting together the, the puzzle pieces and trying to learn from, you know, it's just a cliche thing, you know, you're just learning as you go, but it's, it is, you know, I mean, like, mm-hmm. sure. Like I, I was, you know, definitely, you know, ha- have the tools necessary to like put this whole thing together. But like, this is my first store though. Right. So, so a lot of like, yeah, there's, there's still a lot of question marks. And like, I, I got people in the industry that I still talk to friends of mine who are store owners who've been in it you know, had their shops for 10 years plus and I call them and ask for advice and stuff like that. But, you know, at the end of the day, just going back to what I was saying about moving to New York, the best way you just got to jump in, mm. you know, and then be afraid, not be afraid to make some mistakes, you know, swallow your pride, take your lumps, but like learn from it and just keep it pushing, you know, yeah. really you can do, I know it sounds cliche as hell, but like, it's, it's really the truth. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, if you got, if, if someone else out there listening got a better, better, uh, <laughs> got a better, a better solution, please like hit me up. Like you find me on Instagram, like DM me and let me know the, the, the <laughs> secret, the, the, the secret combination. I'm dying to know. Yeah, no, I like for sure get that. And, uh, you know, even with this podcast, um, I did, I think nine, 18, 19 episodes before I actually jumped into it. I think I was over, you know, over researching. I was like thinking too much about it instead of jumping right in. And there's so much, even after, you know, 18, 19 episodes of talking to different brands, different creators who had done it and were doing it. uh, There were so many things that were answered by jumping into it. Like all the question marks, Mm -hmm. you know, they don't come up until you jump into it and you're like, 
I would not have known to ask about this. I did not know this was going to come. Right. Uh, so yeah, even like it's it's encouraging to hear, even with like all the experience you've had across the industry in different places, like there's still question marks, but it's kind of the process of doing it that helps you learn. Sure. I mean, it's just that classic, that classic saying, right? You, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. You know? It's so true. Like, so, so, so yeah, man. So, I guess with all that in mind, um, what, what advice? So, I mean, like we just said, even you still have some question marks, but you've definitely got a lot more blanks filled in than some people, you know, listening who are at ground zero. They're looking up and saying, man, that's really cool. I respect that. I want to do something like that. Uh, From, from your experience, uh, you know, what advice would you, would you share with someone who's at ground zero and wanting to pursue this and maybe they're not even at the spot to start to start something but to 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 prepare i don't know like what what advice would you give to uh someone coming into your shop saying rob i want to do something like this yeah i mean dude i would say you gotta you gotta pay your dues you gotta learn you gotta try to do as many kind of like learn as many areas of the industry and it, it, whatever fast fashion aside or retail aside right you know, whatever you're, I think that goes for a lot of, you know, a lot of industries. I mean, the more knowledge you have of like how the whole mechanism works from soup to nuts. So like if it take, we'll take mine as, a, as an example, right. You become a sales rep and then you become a, but then you go become a buyer. Yeah. So for example, so that learns, so you got the sales pitch down, right you don't really understand like how a buyer is really listening to that pitch, right? Why they're, you know, receptive to certain things versus others or why they want to hear about margin versus, you know, what other cool stores are carrying the brand or whatever. Right. It just gives you a more rounded and educated perspective on all, on all aspects of that specific industry. So, you know, again, I would say you got to, you got to go out. I mean, what's tough right now is that like, there's so many avenues for you to try to become an entrepreneur that like that didn't exist, you know, mm. years ago. Right. Yeah. So you got, you got, you got e-commerce, right. So you can go get yourself a, you know, a Shopify or a Squarespace or whatever and, and, and launch your, your, your website or whatever, you know, you've got free advertising via Instagram and Facebook. So I think that like, um, I, I have this suspicion that there's a lot of like, people assuming that they can kind of like fast forward. Yeah. You know, and it just, I don't know, maybe you can, maybe some people are able to do it, you know, but I think overall, like you got to just go out and learn. You got to go. And like I said, jump in, there's no shortcuts. There's no, you know, <laughs> right. fast forward button, you know, and I think, and I think more importantly, um, that's going to allow you to generate your connections. It's going to allow you to meet people, yep. you know, and versus just trying to like set it off on your own. Like, I mean, no. And, and, and do work for free. Yeah. Go, go, go intern, go intern somewhere and just learn like swallow, swallow your pride <laughs> yep. and, and, you know, put in the extra hours. You know what I mean? Like mm. there's, you know, 
a lot that goes that goes a long way, and I think that there's a lot of um, learn how to write a resume. Yeah, learn how to learn how to do a cover letter properly. Like learn how to like introduce yourself in an email, you know, to get someone's attention. Yeah. Um, you know, listen. At the end of the day, your reputation is 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 the most valuable thing. It's it's, it's your most valuable asset. Yeah. You know, for most people you know, who don't have just access to someone to give them the keys, yep. you know, um, your reputation is everything and how you develop that reputation is by working hard, yeah. your work ethic, you know? So, you know, I think that's kind of like, you know, I, I sound like, you know, like an old, <laughs> I don't know, like, you know, but, but it's, it, I think that like, you know, there's still a lot of truth to that, you know, you Absolutely. know that, that, that was, that, that, and that's not some new thing that I just came up with because I got all this. No, dude, this has been like that. What I just said has probably been applicable for centuries. Yeah. And, and I love what you said about the fast forward because, and you said maybe it is possible because, you know, someone walking into August and they, they look at you and they say, oh, you know, he probably just decided he wanted to start a shop and started a shop without hearing your backstory. And that's like, one thing I, that's one reason I love to hear the stories behind, uh, you know, where you came from, how you got yeah. started, because they don't know that you worked, you know, uh, in that industry for five, seven years in this industry for two years. And, uh, you know, that like, it's not just you wake up one day and start a store. It's the whole process behind it. And, uh, yeah, yeah I think it's super valuable. 12 years. I've been doing this for 12 years and I took shitty jobs in New York barely making any money. Yeah. Like as a, as a, as a basically a sales assistant where like I would organize sample closets and people's, you know, account lists and prospect accounts, dude, cold call. Dude, <laughs> you know how shitty it is to cold call people and, but you do it, you yeah. know? Um, so, you know, you kind of, but you, but I, I, I learned, I learned from all those things though. Yeah. Important. All that stuff were all pieces to the puzzle, you know, to like be, to getting better. And then you get a little bump and you put in the hours and you work hard and your, your bosses will take notice, man. Yeah. They, they will. They just, they just will. If you put in the extra hours and you ask questions when the time is right, but you listen and you watch and you pay attention and then you go out and you grind, like, you will get recognized for it. You, for sure. you just will. It yeah. takes a little extra work, but you eventually will get recognized for it. It's only going to benefit you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, no one gave me the keys, dude. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Could, could, I remember, so when we talked downtown, uh, you talked a lot about differentiating your brand or kind of just creating brand equity. Uh, mm -hmm. Could you... Kind of hit on that real quick. Because you do a really good job sure. at August of creating a really cool space that people want to be and making it like a distinct, not like you have no competition in Madison. You could have like taken the easy route, but you're, it, you know, people would think you had competition because you're working really hard in creating that brand equity. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that, you know, I think a lot of it has to do, well, we, you know, we put a lot of work into making the space look the way it does. Mm. Um, 
which, you know, I hope people find value in. I hope they come in and they feel welcome. Um, you know, we got people from all walks of life coming in and we now have like regulars that just kind of pop in from time to time, sometimes it's a shop and sometimes yeah. just come in and talk and like talk about whatever my, all, you know, all my staff are, are rock stars. They're, they're great. Yeah. Everyone has a really like, you know, interesting background, interesting personalities, and, you know, you can rap with any of my, my staff about like the arts or music or mm. fashion or politics or pop culture or whatever. So, you know, selecting certainly like the staff that works in my store is, you know, something that's important to me. You know, the way it looks, obviously, that's part of the August brand. Um, so and then, you know, third is, you know, our August Ox, um, yeah. you know, the you know, the, 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 the kind of the performing arts extension of of August, I think is another element that, you know, brings another layer to the brand equity of, of August, mm. right? Cause we do things that are, we do give local artists a platform, um, to express themselves where they might not be able to go get a gig at the Barrymore, or sure. at, you know, the high noon or Orpheum or wherever, you know, some of these local venues. So, you know, we, we give them the opportunity to do that at, uh, at August. And I think, you know, I'm not the only one, but I'm one of few, certainly, that I think allow, you know, some of these young voices to get heard. So I think that that also, you know, lends to our overall you know, uh, brand equity. Um, and then, of course, just like, you know, the surface stuff, right? Like I get access to brands that, you know, you can't get in the city. Yep. You know, you, you know, there's just no other place to go and get them. I'm not sure you could scrub the Internet and surely come up on some of the stuff that I carry in the shop. But you know, I also carry a lot of stuff that you even can't, like they might, you might find it sold out online in other places because yeah. they don't sell that many people, you know? Um, so I think that that adds another layer of, you know, the brand of August and Madison as well. It's just that place to go get things that you just can't get down yeah. anywhere else or that urban outfitter doesn't carry. Right. And not to knock urban, it's fine. I mean, there's, Sure, I'm sure when I was a younger person without a ton of money, like I probably went to Urban Outfit or two and you know, <laughs> right. and stuff. But you know, but certainly like there's there's stuff in my, I got thirty five dollar t shirts in my store, you know, but then I got, you know, yeah, fifty dollar jeans and, you know, three hundred dollar hoodies and stuff like that. So, you know, I feel like I got a little something for everybody that can still let you come out of there with with an August bag, what no matter how much money you spent and still feel like you got something that's special. Or, yeah you know, something unique that, you know, your friends might not have. Yeah. 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 For sure. For sure. And I felt that too. Definitely. Uh, <laughs> one last question. Mm-hmm. So we, I met you because I, I kind of came to your shop and showed you some of the clothes that I had made. Um, mm-hmm. And so after doing that, I had, I, I was originally going to try to, you know, I had it in my head to, you know, try to make a collection every season traditionally, like the traditional way of doing things. Uh, but obviously being way, 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 way so early in the game, um, I decided instead to try to release like a few new things, like maybe like every month so that because I'm still like discovering my style or how I want to make things or, you know, just the whole process. So uh, after this month, I'm going to try to visit some other boutiques and, you know, retail spaces, uh, local ones around Madison. Uh, what would you say, you know, after I kind of talked to you and showed you my stuff, how could I improve personally 
um, going to these other places, like what, what would be better about the presentation as I'm going to these other places and saying, you know, Hey, how about these clothes? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, one thing that you could do, you got You got to have a hook. Yeah. You got to have a hook because you're, 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 you're new, you know, mm. you're, you're, you're still trying to figure out, like, you're still trying to figure it out. Yeah. Um, you know, and so there's gotta be, there's gotta be a hook. There's gotta be something else. There's gotta be another element of value that you're bringing yep. along with the clothes. So, and again, I'm just like, you got, I think it'd be interesting to come up with a concept, mm. right? Say, I want to put my clothes in your store, but I had this idea for an event that won't cost you any money. Yep. And I'm going to put the whole thing together. Yeah. But I'm connected to, I don't know, it could be local artists or musicians mm. or whoever and really kind of create a spectacle out of the, you know, where the apparel is almost like an accessory to the show. Right. Um, something because, you know, someone like yourself, you're going to have to dig deep, right? Yeah. Like, because there's so much, dude, there's so much product out there, man. I, I can't even begin to tell you. Mm. It's, it, there's so many, there's, so there's gotta be a, a little hook. I think we, you and I talked about it, like, yeah. you know, and this, this might be like, a, you know, slightly like antiquated way of thinking or maybe too general, but like, you know, o- overall, you know, when you're launching a brand, you got to think of like one of three things, right? Like, did I create something that no one's ever created before? Yeah. Do I, do I have a celebrity endorsement or does my product as good as my competitors, but I undercut them in price. Right. So, you know, sure. That's a simplified version of it, but in general, like you should be thinking about those three things for sure. So, so you've got to figure out a way to check at least one of those boxes. Mm. So I think that the, that the easiest thing to do for like someone who's like young and up and coming, in fact, I think a great example, to be honest with you, yeah. the performing arts and fashion show that I just had at the shop, I want to say two weeks ago, honestly, this is like a perfect example, you know, you know, if this, if this young man had just approached me and asked me, you know, is it cool if I like sell my stuff in your shop? I would have told him no. Yeah. Cause he did ask me that <laughs> and I blew and I, and I kind of blew him off a little bit. Yeah. I was like, all right, not necessarily. Can I feature it in your store? Can we hang? I'm just like, dude, like, what? Like, I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Like why? Like, I guess it's kind of cool, but like, huh? Right. Oh, like, I don't got, I don't got time for this shit. I, I, like, you know? Right. So, so that like never kind of came to fruition, but then he came back with this concept. Like, and he did this performing, dude, it was performing arts meets a fashion show. And it was really dynamic. It was super interesting. We had a great turnout. And I was, I was, thir- I was just, I, I was very impressed. Mm. This is a young guy, maybe 22 years old or something, 21. I mean, so to me, that was like an interesting hook to something that ordinarily I would have been like, uh, I don't know about that, man. Yeah. It brought you but value now, too. That, Say that one more time. It brought you value too. All those new people in your store. So, 
So, so, so you just, so now you just, you just took the whole, that's the hook. Yeah. Right. It added value to my shop. Why? Because I'm doing something that's within the August brand ethos. Right. So we're doing something that's like artistic and that, you know, giving a platform to a young designer, which is things that like, you know, August wants to do. Yeah. You know, we're doing community outreach, but we're also doing something that's like unique and cool and dynamic. And it's just, and all these people now are coming to my shop. Some yeah. of them might've been there before, some of them not. And the ones who have been there before, great. Maybe they like, maybe they didn't see anything, honestly. Maybe <laughs> they weren't even looking at clothes. But like at that moment, it's not the point. Like we're, we're creating that, that layer of equity again to the, to the August brand. Right. Because they now identify August with these type of events. So it just kind of rounds out our personality and they might be back the next day. They might come back next month, but that resonates with the customers and the community at large. So I think that like you do have resources, you know what I mean? You just got to get a little bit more creative with it. And to be honest with you, that's what we have to do as retailers too. Mm. The same thing applies to me. I can't just, it's not enough just to open my store at 11 and close at seven, try to sell some shit. No, like I got to do events. I got to do interesting things because there's too much competition out there. There's too much noise. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the same thing with a young and upcoming, you know, designer or musician. Like you got to bring another, another layer. You got to bring something extra, you know? So, so, um, and I think another thing that this, that this young man did for me too, was he just like, dude, I am, I'm going to do everything. Yeah. You don't have to, you don't have to do a thing. I just, and he even offered to pay me for the space. Wow. Space for the evening. I I told him, no, it's not a problem. Like I got you, (laughs) but you know, I know he doesn't have any money. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whatever. Like I'm not trying to get over on this kid. Like it's not the point. So, but, but he did, but he, he did everything. He, dude, he cleaned up. He came back afterwards after the store was a little like, you know, got a little stuffed up and he like, you know, made it right. You know what I mean? So like he just, he did everything the way that like, you know, he, I mean, like that a young person I think should have, cause I can't say any people are like, dude, can I put, you know, do you want to look at my brand? Do you want to, can I put my stuff in your store? Mm. Do you want to collab? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? And I'm just like, what am I going to get out of it? Other yeah. You're, you're going to get something out of it for sure. Right. You get, you, you get, you get a place to put your stuff and get attached to like this shop in Madison that's doing all this cool stuff and has all these cool brands. But like, what does August at the end of the day, get out of it? I think you got to put yourself in that store owner's position. Okay. What are they going to get out of this? Yeah. And I think that's the question that a lot of people fail to ask themselves when they're pitching. Right. That was a really long winded answer to your question, but I hope, <laughs> I hope, I hope that I, I hope I answered it. <laughs> no, absolutely. And like, that's an amazing example. Was, was that the event I saw on Instagram where people were coming out of the bags? Correct. Yep. That was crazy. Yep. He, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was really cool. And I think that he had his photographer. I think his photographer was actually filming it too. Um, so there might be a video popping up at some point. Um, I think it's still getting edited, but yeah, no, it was a really cool performance. I thought it was sick. Yeah. That's amazing. That was the one. Yeah. 
No, yeah, I really appreciate the answer. And uh, any final words, man? Any final words? Wow, that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> um, no, I mean, listen, you know, look. Everybody is going to come across people who are going to tell them that their idea is stuck or it's not right or you don't have enough experience or you don't know what the fuck you're talking about, like, line, whatever. I mean, dude, it's going to to happen. Yeah. Like, right or wrong, it's going to happen. Like, someone might be totally unjustified in telling you your shit sucks. Um. But they also might be justified. The bottom line is going to happen. My advice is, like, don't get discouraged. And I know that that sounds, like, stupid and cliche and super simple. But also, don't get, don't let your pride get in the way of criticism. Mm. You know, and that's, and listen, that's something that, you know, I think all of us have to deal with young or or, or experienced or unexperienced. You know, there's always going to be someone out there who's going to have some negative feedback about an idea or concept or something that you might have. You know, it's those of us who can like step back and say, hmm, there might be some value to that. Or let me ask a few more people or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you know, when you're coming across people who do have experience or do have, you know, they might be set in their ways and they might be looking at things from, you know, an antiquated point of view, but they might not be. Yeah. But you got to just have enough. I don't know. You got to just be able to filter out that criticism or praise, hopefully, too. You know, you also don't want to just talk to your friends who are just going to gas you up and tell you that, you know, you're the shit and yeah. like you're a rock star either. You know what I mean? Like seek out people with experience who you think are, whose opinions are valid and just don't get discouraged, man. Everyone's going to, dude, everyone's going to tell you your shit sucks or your, 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 your thing is whack or it's not going to work or whatever. And, and that just because like someone says that or this particular idea isn't the, that doesn't mean that like you don't got what it takes. Mm. No, just step back and like, all right, well, let me, okay. Let me see. Let me look at it from another angle. Let me see. Hmm. You know, you know what I agree with here. She said here, but you know what, this part, I think I got to go with my gut on this one. I got to stick this part out, but maybe I could change this piece. Let me go back and look, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's hard not to take things personal, man, especially when you're coming from like a creative space, but like, you know, just talk to people you trust and, and then, you know, follow your instincts. Your, and your instincts, going back to what I said before, only get sharper with, with, with age and experience, hopefully. And that goes back to our whole conversation about just going out, doing it, trying, doing a bunch of things, taking shitty jobs, working for free, putting in extra hours at your office or your studio or wherever you are, you know? Yeah. That's great, man. You're going to sharpen those fences. I promise you. That is all for episode 21 of Podcast Fans End. Rob, thank you so much for what you're doing in Madison and for coming on the show. It means so much. Uh, follow August at underscore August shop 
uh, on Instagram and online at august-shop.com. If you enjoyed the show, hit that subscribe button, hit that favorite button, drop a comment, maybe a five-star rating too. Uh, keep up with the show at Podcast Sands End on Instagram and podcastsandsend.com. Follow my journey at Real Matt Andre. And hey, I actually dropped my first clothing line. Check that out too at the underscore Sands underscore end on Instagram. <laughs> Last but not least, shout out to Benjamin Banger. You are listening to his track Church. Find a link to his latest project in the show notes at podcastsandsend.com. That is all for the show. Stay tuned for the next episode with who knows who. Uh, So until next time, peace, love, and rock on. (laughs) 